the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, May 10th. I'm your host, Mike Mahary. Thanks for tuning in. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the trade war. Yes, for the last several weeks, all was quiet on the trade war front. We had the occasional announcements that things were progressing. Then all of a sudden, last week, everything seemingly went to hell in a handbasket when Trump shot off some tweets threatening more tariffs and questioning whether a deal could be reached. Donald Trump actually accused the Chinese of breaking the trade deal, which I didn't really understand because I didn't know that we had one yet. But anyway, the Chinese, uh, on their part, they threatened to retaliate if the U.S. increases tariffs. Well, increased tariffs, the U.S. did this morning, in fact. Existing tariffs on about $200 billion in Chinese products went up to 25%. And President Donald Trump said he would start the paperwork on Friday for 25% duties on another $325 billion in Chinese imports. Now, I haven't done this in a while, but I will pause here to remind you that Trump just raised your taxes. A tariff is nothing but a tax. I finally remember the days when Republicans told me, you can't tax yourself into prosperity. (sighs) Good times. I get that a lot of people think this is a great negotiating tool and that in the long run, it's all going to pay off. That's debatable. But what is not debatable is that Americans now have to pay more for certain products or do without them. I really struggle to understand how this is good for me. At any rate, I'm in Peter Schiff's camp on the whole trade war thing. I don't think we're going to get a great trade deal. I think when it's all said and done, the president will tell us that it's the best trade deal in the history of trade deals. But it probably won't be substantively much different than the trade deal we had before this whole thing started. Anyway, negotiators will wrap up two days of talks today. CNBC described the trade deal as close to collapsing. But both parties did agree to continue talks today, and this morning I'm seeing some optimism out there. Maybe something will get done. Regardless, stock markets certainly don't like the ongoing trade spat. We've seen significant volatility this week. The Dow was down over 470 points Monday morning after Trump's tweets. Dip buyers came in and saved the day, and the Dow ended up only down about 66 points. But then the bottom fell out on Tuesday, with the Dow plunging 473 points. Yesterday, the Dow shed another 138 points. The S&P 500 is down about 2.5% on the week. If you haven't listened to Peter Schiff's podcast this week, you should really check it out. He had an interesting theory. He speculated that all of this sudden negativity out of the Trump administration on trade was calculated to tank the stock market and push the Fed into lowering interest rates. Now, you know, Trump is really jonesing for a rate cut and even for more quantitative easing. I'll get into that in just a second. Anyway, Peter said maybe Trump is okay with the stock market going down from here since it's at record highs. And maybe he hopes that a plunge in the markets will push the feds to cut rates, something he's been advocating for months. I don't know. Something to ponder for sure. I'll link to that podcast in the show notes page and you can check it out for yourself. Gold has increased a bit on all of the trade war chaos as investors look for safe haven. 
The yellow metal was back over 1285 per ounce as I record, and it's on track actually for a weekly gain. Gold was at its lowest price level since the end of December late last week, but it has gained about 1.4% since then. A couple of other notes on the gold markets. Jewelers and dealers in India reported brisk gold sales on an important Hindu holiday, despite the fact that it fell on a work day and extreme heat in some regions of the country. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce the name of the holiday because, I don't know, I might offend somebody and I can't pronounce it, but... Regardless, gold sales were reportedly up about 25%. Bullion dealers also reported brisk sales, especially of gold coins. And China added gold to its reserves for the fifth straight month. In fact, the pace of buying seems to be increasing. The People's Bank of China reported adding 14.9 tons of gold to its hoard in April. China has been adding gold to its reserves over the last several months as it continues efforts to minimize its exposure to the U.S. dollar. I'll link a couple of articles in the show notes page uh, featuring these two things so you can get more details if you're interested. I want to pivot back to President Trump for a minute. I've seen several conservative blogs and websites saying that Trump is an enemy of the Fed, that he opposes the central bank. Look, this simply isn't true. Trump ain't no Ron Paul. All he has done is whine about the fact that Jerome Powell and company won't implement the monetary policy he wants. The president wants the central bank to cut interest rates and basically print money, just like he did when Obama was in the White House. To put it bluntly, Trump wants Obama-style monetary policy. Just before the most recent Federal Open Market Committee meeting, Trump took to Twitter to push the Fed to cut interest rates. Of course, that wasn't the first time that the president has leveled criticism at the Fed. Just a month earlier, Trump complained about all of the Fed's 2018 interest rate increases, saying they really slowed us down. Trump emphasized that he wants stimulus and called on the Fed to resume Obama-era quantitative easing. He also took aim at Powell in the central bank last fall as the stock market went in freefall. He said, the problem I have is with the Fed. The Fed is going wild. They're raising interest rates and it's ridiculous. He also said the Fed is going loco. Just a day later, the president doubled down saying, I'm paying interest at a high rate because of our Fed. And I like our Fed not to be so aggressive because I think they're making a big mistake. Notice he says, I like our Fed not to be so aggressive, not that I don't like our Fed. These aren't the comments of a man who opposes central bank manipulations of the economy. These are the comments of a man who wants the central bank to manipulate the economy in a way that benefits him politically. Here's what's going on here. In the wake of the Great Recession, the Federal Reserve effectively lowered interest rates to zero in 2008, and it kept them there for seven years. In 2015, the central bank boosted rates for the first time and followed up with one rate hike in 2016. But it wasn't until 2017 that the central bank really began to try to normalize in earnest, hiking rates seven times over the next two years. The Fed initiated its last rate increase in December of 2018. The Federal Reserve also began to unwind quantitative easing last year by shedding assets from its balance sheet. I'm going to link to an article in the show notes page that goes deeper into quantitative easing and quantitative tightening. I really don't have time to delve into that in depth in this podcast, but it's important to understand that, to really understand the big picture. 
Anyway, last fall, the impact of rate hikes and quantitative tightening began to ripple through the economy. The stock market tanked. In effect, the Federal Reserve spent nearly a decade manufacturing an economic recovery out of piles of debt and by pumping up asset bubbles like the stock market. It accomplished this by creating trillions of dollars in new money, basically out of thin air, and then pumping those dollars into the economy. Rising interest rates don't bode well during a central bank manufactured boom built on debt. The Fed's pivot toward tighter monetary policy pricked the bubble, thus the chaos in the markets during the fourth quarter of 2018. When the stock market started going down last fall, the Fed did a monetary policy 180. It announced a pause in rate hikes and an end to balance sheet reduction. You remember, just in September, balance sheet reduction was on, quote, autopilot. So this pivot was fast, almost immediately. Now, that seems to have stabilized the markets, at least for the time being. We've seen the stock market going back up. So the market likes the easy money policy. It likes the fact that interest rates are going to be kept low, that normalization is off the table. This is how the Fed-fueled business cycle works. It's a boom-bust scenario we've seen repeated over and over. Greenspan lowered rates in the 90s and pumped up the dot-com bubble. That popped, and the Fed doubled down in the early O's. That pumped up the housing bubble. Then we had the Great Crash and the Great Recession. What did the Fed do? Well, it did more of the same. And now we are in bubble 3.0. It's bigger than anything we've seen in the past, too. So that's a little bit of a concern. Trump seemed to understand this when he was on the campaign trail. He accurately called the stock market a big, fat, ugly bubble. He questioned the legitimacy of the recovery. He called the employment numbers phony. But now the president owns the bubble. He branded this quote-unquote booming economy with a big Trump T. And that means Trump has a problem. If the next crash happens before the 2020 election, it will likely doom any hopes he has for staying in the Oval Office for more years. This explains Trump's criticism of the Fed. He wants the kind of monetary stimulus Obama got during the Great Recession in order to keep the bubble inflated until after the election. He needs the central bank to pump more monetary heroin into the attic to keep him going just a little while longer. So this isn't about Trump opposing the Fed. This is about Trump using the central bank for political purposes, pretty much like every other politician. And make no mistake, the longer the economy stays high, the harder it's going to crash. This, my friends, is why you need to be thinking about safe haven now. You can learn more about how precious metals can help preserve your wealth when the next crash comes along, and it will come along. Talk to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist today. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals, news, and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes or on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. You'll find links on the show note page. If you're listening on YouTube, please Thumb us up, and feel free to share your thoughts on this week's golden news in the comment section. We always love to hear from you. That is a gold wrap for this week. I really appreciate you listening as always, and I will talk to you again next time.